Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the world of Percy Jackson. In this episode we're going to read chapters 13 to 14 and in the previous episode we read chapters 11 through 12. And in the previous episode we um we want, we were looking at Leo and Jason Piper Hazel Frank. We're looking at the other the the group the the huge group and um they had a quick uh, occurrence with uh dwarf pirates basically and it, it was against two main ones they had a conversation with which was akmon and pasalos and thankfully they were able to defeat them and because they had spared their lives leo had made some deals with akmon and pasalos to which they had found a book that that they might need for the next part of their journey as they travel to venice and in return for sparing their lives, they had told Akmon and Pasolos to take their dwarf army and go visit the Romans in New York in order to keep them away from Camp Half-Blood to hopefully stray them away in case they uh, they try and do something. Which is pretty smart considering, you know, they don't have to worry about their camp at home being destroyed as well as, you know, having to complete this quest. So now... We're going to read chapter 13, this time from Percy and Annabeth's perspective, seeing how they're doing in Tartarus and seeing how it goes from there. So chapter 13, Percy. Percy had taken his girlfriend on some romantic walks before. This wasn't one of them. They followed the river Phlegathon, stumbling over the glassy black terrain, jumping crevices and hiding behind rocks whenever the vampire girls slowed in front of them. It was tricky to stay far enough back to avoid getting spotted, but close enough to keep Kelly and her comrades in view through the dark, hazy hair, air. The heat from the river baked Percy's skin. Every breath was like inhaling sulfur-scented fiberglass. When they needed a drink, the best they could do was sip some refreshing liquid fire. Yep, Percy definitely knew how to show a girl a good time. At least Annabeth's ankle seemed to have healed. She was hardly limping at all. Her various cuts and scrapes had faded. She tied her blonde hair back with a strip of de denim torn from her pants leg. And in the fiery light of the river, her gray eyes flickered. Despite being beat up, sooty, and dressed like a homeless person, she looked great to Percy. So what if they weren't Tartarus? So what if they stood a slim chance of surviving? He was so glad that they were together. He had the ridiculous urge to smile. Physically, Percy felt better too. Though his clothes looked like he'd been through a hurricane of broken glass, he was thirsty, hungry, and scared out of his mind, though he wasn't going to tell Annabeth that. But he'd shaken off the hopeless cold of the river Cossetus, and as nasty as the firewater tastes, it seemed to keep him going. Time was impossible to judge. They trudged along, following the river as it cut through the harsh landscape. Fortunately, the Ampusai weren't exactly speedwalkers. They shuffled on their mismatched bronze and donkey legs, hissing and fighting with each other, apparently in no hurry to reach the doors of death. Once, the demons sped up in excitement and swarmed something that looked like a beached carcass on the riverbank. Percy couldn't tell what it was. A fallen monster? An animal of some kind? The Impusai attacked it with relish. When the demons moved on, Percy and Anubis reached the spot and found nothing left except a few splintered bones and glistening stains, drying in the heat of the river. 
Percy had no doubt the Empusai would devour demigods with the same gusto. Come on! He led Anima gently away from the scene. We don't want to lose them. As they walked, Percy thought about the first time he'd fought the Impusa, Kelly, at Good High School's freshman orientation when he and Rachel Elizabeth Dare got trapped in the band hall. At the time, it seemed like a hopeless situation. Now he'd given anything to have a problem that simple. At least he'd been in the mortal world then. Here, there was nowhere to run. Wow. When he started looking back on the war with Kronos as the good old days, that was sad. He kept hoping things would get better for Annabeth and him, but their lives just got more and more dangerous, as if the three fates were up there spinning their features with barbed wire instead of thread just to see how much two demigods could tolerate. After a few more miles, the Ampusai disappeared over a ridge. When Percy and Annabeth caught up, they found themselves at the edge of another massive cliff. The river Phlegathon spilled over the side in jagged tiers of fiery waterfalls. The demon ladies were picking their way down the cliff, jumping from ledge to ledge like mountain goats. Percy's heart crept into his throat. Even if he and Annabeth reached the bottom of the cliff alive, they didn't have much to look forward to. The landscape below them was a bleak, ash-gray plain bristling with black trees, like insect hair. The ground was packed with blisters. Every once in a while, a bubble would swell and burst disgorging a monster like a larva from an egg. Suddenly, Percy wasn't hungry anymore. All the newly formed monsters were crawling and hobbling in the same direction, toward a bank of black fog that swallowed the horizon like a storm front. The Phlegathon flowed in the same direction until about halfway across the plain where it met another river of black water. Maybe the Cossetus? The two floods combined in a steaming, boiling cataract and flowed on as one toward the black fog. The longer Percy looked into that storm of darkness, the less he wanted to go there. It could be hiding anything. An ocean, a bottomless pit, an army of monsters. But if the doors of death were in that direction, it was their only chance to get home. He peered over the edge of the cliff. Wish we could fly, he muttered. Ameth rubbed her arms. Remember Luke's winged shoes? I wonder if they're still down here, somewhere. Percy remembered. Those shoes had been cursed to drag their wearer into Tartarus. They'd almost taken his best friend Grover. I'd settle for a hang glider. Maybe not a good idea, Annabeth pointed. Above them, dark winged shapes spiraled in and out of the blood-dread clouds. Furies? Percy wondered. Or some other kind of demon? Annabeth said, Tartarus has thousands, including the kind that he's hang gliders. Percy guessed. Okay, so we climb. He couldn't see the Ampusai below them anymore. They disappeared behind one of the ridges, but that didn't matter. It was clear where he and Annabeth needed to go. Like all the maggot monsters crawling over the plains of Tartarus, they should head toward the dark horizon. Percy was just brimming with enthusiasm for that. That's the end of chapter 13. It was rather a short chapter, but it's definitely, it still starts, it it now delves into what we analyzed um, in the earlier episodes. By the way, if you haven't checked those out, highly recommend. Um, they were definitely some, some fascinating chapters to read. But um, I think the previous analyses that we did on Luke uh, is starting to go into um, how... 
you know, how Percy and Annabeth feel, Percy is feeling right now as they walk through Tartarus, you know, what exactly is the end goal with all of this? They're just going to have to defeat Gaia and then some other monster is going to come up and it's just a non-ongoing battle that they can't seem to stop doing. So, oh, well, I guess we'll see. Hopefully, I, I, I have strong faith in them that they'll be able to get through this and will will they be able to mentally get through it i'm not sure but i think that if they can physically get through it and if they're together i think that they can also mentally push through it so after the break we're going to continue reading with chapter 14 percy see you after the break and we're back from the ads and I'm actually gonna, instead of reading just one more chapter, I'm gonna be reading two more chapters. So I hope you guys enjoy as I continue to read chapters 14 through 15, Percy. As they started down the cliff, Percy concentrated on the challenges at hand, keeping his footing, avoiding rock slides that would alert the Impusai to their presence. And of course, making sure he and Annabeth hadn't pl- didn't plummet to their deaths. About halfway down the precipice, Annabeth said, stop, okay? just a quick break. Her legs wobbled so badly, Percy cursed himself for not calling a rest earlier. They sat together on a ledge next to a roaring, fiery waterfall. Percy put his arm around Annabeth and she leaned against him, shaking from exhaustion. He wasn't much better. His stomach felt like it shrunk to the size of a gumdrop. If they came across any more monster carcasses, he was afraid he might pull an Impusai and try to devour it. At least he had Annabeth. They would find a way out of Tartarus. They had to. He didn't think much of fates and prophecies, but he did believe in one thing. Annabeth and he were supposed to be together. They hadn't survived so much just to get killed now. Things could be worse, Annabeth ventured. Yeah, Percy didn't see how, but he tried to sound upbeat. She snuggled against him. Her hair smelled of smoke, and if he closed his eyes, he could almost imagine they were at the campfire at Camp Half-Blood. We could have fallen into the river Leth, she said, lost all our memories. Percy's skin crawled just thinking about it. He had enough trouble with amnesia for one lifetime. Only last month, Hera had erased his memories to put him among the Roman demigods. Percy had stumbled into Camp Jupiter with no idea who he was or where he came from. And a few years before that, he'd fought a titan on the banks of Leth, near Hades' palace. He'd blasted the titan with water from that river and completely wiped his memory clean. Yeah, the leth. Leth, he muttered. Not my favorite. What was the titan's name? Annabeth asked. Uh, Eopatus. He said it meant the Impaler or something. No, the name you gave him after he lost his memory. Steve? Bob, Percy said. Annabeth managed a weak laugh. Bob the titan. Percy's lip was so parched it hurt to smile. He wondered what had happened to Iapetus after they left him in Hades' palace. If he was still content being Bob, friendly, happy, and clueless. Percy hoped so, but the underworld seemed to bring out the worst in everyone. Monsters, heroes, and gods. He gazed around across the Ashen Plains. The other titans were supposed to be here in Tartarus. Maybe bound in chains or roaming aimlessly or hiding in some of those dark crevices. Percy and his allies had destroyed the worst titan, Kronos, but even his remains might be down here somewhere. A billion angry titan particles floating through the blood-colored clouds or lurking in that dark fog. 
Percy decided not to think about that. He kissed Annabeth's forehead. We should keep moving. You want some more fire to drink? Ugh, I'll pass. They struggled to their feet. The rest of the cliff looked impossible to descend. Nothing more than a cross-hatching of tiny ledges. But they kept climbing down. Percy's body went on autopilot. His fingers cramped. He felt blisters popping up on his ankles. He got shaky from hunger. He wondered if they would die of starvation or if the fire water would keep them going. He remembered the punishment of Tantalus, who'd been permanently stuck in a pool of water under a fruit tree but couldn't reach either food or drink. Jeez, Percy hadn't thought about Tantalus in years. That stupid guy had been paroled briefly to serve as director at Camp Half-Blood. Probably he was back in the fields of punishment. Percy had never felt sorry for the jerk before, but now he's starting to sympathize. You can imagine what it would be like getting hungrier and hungrier for eternity, but never being able to eat. Keep climbing, he told himself. Cheeseburgers, his stomach replied. Shut up, he thought. Fries, his stomach complained. A billion years later, later, with a dozen new blisters on his feet, Percy reached the bottom. He helped Anima down and they collapsed on the ground. Ahead of them stretched miles of wasteland, bubbling with monstrous larvae and big insect hair trees. To the right, the phlegathon split into branches that etched the plain, widening into a delta of smoke and fire. To the north, along the main route of the river, the ground was riddled with cave entrances. Here and there, spires of rock jutted up like exclamation points. Under Percy's hand, the soil felt alarmingly warm and smooth. He tried to grab a handful, then realized that under a thin layer of dirt and debris, the ground was a single vast membrane. Like skin. He almost threw up, but forced himself not to. There was nothing in his stomach but fire. He didn't mention it to Annabeth, but he started to feel like something was watching them. Something vast and malevolent. He couldn't zero in on it because the presence was all around them. Watching was the wrong word, too. That implied eyes, and this thing was simply aware of them. The ridges above them now looked less like steps and more like rows of massive teeth. The spires of rock looked like broken ribs, and if the ground was skin, Percy first forced those thoughts aside. This pace place was just freaking him out. That was all. Ambit stood, wiping soot from her face. She gazed toward the darkness on the horizon. We're going to be completely exposed crossing this plain. About a hundred yards ahead of them, a blister burst on the ground. A monster clawed its way out. A glistening telkine with slick fur, a seal-like body, and stunted human limbs. It managed to crawl a few yards before something shot out of the nearest cave. So fast that Percy could only register a dark green reptilian head. The monster snatched the squealing telkine in its jaws and dragged it into the darkness. Reborn in Tartarus for two seconds, only to be eaten. Percy wondered if that telkine would pop up some other place in Tartarus and how long it would take to reform. He swallowed down the sour taste of fire water. Oh yeah, this'll be fun. Ameth helped him to his feet. He took one last look at the cliffs, but there was no going back. He would have given a thousand golden drachmas to have Frank Zhang with them right now. Good old Frank. He always seemed to show up when needed and could turn into an eagle or a dragon to fly them across this stupid wasteland. They started walking, trying to avoid the cave entrances, sticking close to the bank of the river. They were just skirting one of the spires when a glint of movement caught Percy's eyes. Something darting between the rocks to their right. 
a monster following them? Or maybe it was just some random baddie heading for the doors of death. Suddenly, he remembered why they'd started following this route, and he froze in his tracks. The Impusai. He grabbed Annabeth's arms. Where are they? Annabeth scammed a 360, her gray eyes bright with alarm. Maybe the demon ladies had been snapped up by that reptile in the cave. If the Impusai were still ahead of them, they should have been visible somewhere on the plains. Unless they were hiding. Too late. Percy drew his sword. The Impusai emerged from the rocks all around them, five of them forming a ring, a perfect trap. Kelly limped forward on her mismatched legs. Her fiery hair burned across her shoulders like a miniature phlegathon waterfall. Her tattered cheerleader outfit was splattered with rusty brown stains, and Percy was pretty sure they weren't ketchup. She fixed them with her glowing red eyes and bared her fangs. Percy Jackson! She cooed. How awesome! I don't even have to return to the mortal world to destroy you. And that's the end of chapter 14. Yet again, another short episode, but nonetheless, it did not miss out on the intensity. So now we're going to see how Percy and Annabeth are going to now fare against five monsters as if going through Tartarus wasn't horrible enough for them. (sighs) You know, we'll see. Hopefully they're able to outsmart them in some way where they don't have to use much of their effort because they need a break as much as they can and they they need to find it whenever they can. So, yeah. Hopefully I I have faith in them that they're going to be able to get through this. And when they do get through this, I really hope that they're able to take a big, big nap. You know, a a big, huge nap the moment they go back to Camp Half-Blood because that's deserving of them. You know, you can't keep sending the same people on, you know, you can't keep sending people on these quests and not expect them to just, you know, not want to take a nap. So I hope they are able to take that nap when they go back to Camp Half-Blood. And maybe Percy can have some blue food because I think he really needs it for himself. Um, So, yeah, we're going to have another quick break, short break. But don't go anywhere. We're going to come right back and finish out this episode with chapter 15 and some shout out and Q&A sessions. So stay tuned for that. And we're back from the break. And now we're going to finish out this episode with chapter 15, Percy. Percy recalled how dangerous Kelly had been the last time they fought in the labyrinth. Despite those mismatched legs, she could move fast when she wanted to. She dodged his sword strikes and would have eaten his face if Annabeth hadn't stabbed her from behind. Now she had four friends with her. And your friend Annabeth is with you! Uh, Kelly hissed with laughter. Yeah, I totally remember her. Kelly touched her own sternum, where the tip of the knife had exited when Annabeth stabbed her in the back. What's the matter, daughter of Athena? Don't have your weapon? Bummer. I'd use it to kill you. Percy tried to think. He and Annabeth stood shoulder to shoulder as they had many times before, ready to fight, but neither of them was in good shape for battle. Annabeth was empty-handed. They were hopelessly outnumbered. There was nowhere to run, no help coming. Briefly, Percy considered calling for Mrs. O'Leary, his hellhound friend who could shadow travel. Even if she heard him, could she make it into Tartarus? This was where monsters went when they died. Calling her here might kill her, or turn her back to her natural state as a fierce monster. No. 
he couldn't do that to his dog. So no help. Fighting was a long shot. That left Annabeth's favorite tactics. Trickery. Talk. Delay. So, he started. I guess you're wondering what we're doing in Tartarus. Kelly snickered. Not really. I just want to kill you. That would have been it, but Annabeth chimed in. Too bad, she said, because you have no idea what's going on in the mortal world. The other in Pusai circled, watching Kelly for a cue to attack, but the ex-cheerleader only snarled, crouching out of reach of Percy's sword. We know enough, Kelly said. Gaia has spoken. You're heading toward a major defeat. Annabeth sounded so confident, even Percy was impressed. She glanced at the other in Pusai one by one, then pointed accusingly at Kelly. This one claims she's leading you to a victory? She's lying. The last time she was in the mortal world, Kelly was in charge of keeping my friend Lucas Stellan faithful to Kronos. In the end, Luke rejected him. He gave his life to expel Kronos. The Titans lost because Kelly failed. Now Kelly wants you to lead to another disaster. The other Pusai muttered and shifted uneasily. Enough! Kelly's fingernails grew into long black talons. She glared at Annabeth as if imagining her sliced into small pieces. Percy was pretty sure Kelly had had a thing for Luke Castellan. Luke had that effect on girls, even donkey-legged vampires. And Percy wasn't sure bringing up his name was such a good idea. The girl lies, Kelly said. So the Titans lost. Fine. That was part of the plan to wake Gaia. Now the Earth Mother and her giants will destroy the mortal world and we will finally feast on demigods. The other vampires gnashed their teeth in a frenzy of excitement. Percy had been in the middle of a school of sharks when the water was full of blood. That wasn't nearly as scary as Impusai ready to feed. He prepared to attack, but how many could he dispatch before they overwhelmed him? It wouldn't be enough. The demigods have united! Annabeth yelled, you better think twice before you attack us. Romans and Greeks will fight you together. You don't have to stand a chance. The Impusai backed up nervously, hissing. Roman I. Percy guessed they'd had experience with the 12th Legion before, and it hadn't worked out, worked out well for them. Yeah, you bet, Roman I. Percy bared his forearm and showed them the brand he'd got at Camp Jupiter. The SPQR mark with the trident of Neptune. You mix Greek and Roman, and you know what you get? You get BAM! He stopped his foot, and then Pusai scrambled back. One fell off the boulder where she'd been perched. That made Percy feel good, but they recovered quickly and closed in again. <laughs> Bold talk, Kelly said, for two demigods lost in Tartarus. Lower your sword, Percy Jackson, and I'll kill you quickly. Believe me, there are worse ways to die down here. Wait! Percy Annabeth tried again. Aren't Impusai the servants of Hecate? Kelly curled her lip. So? So, Hecate's on our side now, Annabeth said. She's a cabinet at Camp Half-Blood. Some of her demigod children are my friends. If you fight us, she'll be angry. Percy wanted to hug Annabeth. She was so brilliant. One of the other Impusai growled. Is this true, Kelly? Has our mistress made peace with Olympus? Shut up, Seraphine! Kelly screeched. Cods, you're annoying. I will not cross the Dark Lady. Amber took the opening. You'd all be better following Seraphine. She's older and wiser. Yes! Seraphine shrieked. Follow me! 
Kelly struck so fast, Percy didn't have the chance to raise his sword. Fortunately, she didn't attack him. Kelly lashed out at Seraphine. For half a second, the two demigod demons were a blur of slashing claws and fangs. Then, it was over. Kelly stood triumphant over a pile of dust. From her claws hung the tattered remains of Seraphine's dress. Any more issues? Kelly snapped at her sisters. Hecate is the goddess of the mist. Her ways are mysterious. Who knows which side she truly favors? She's also the goddess of the crossroads, and she expects us to make our own choices. I choose a path that will bring us the most demigod blood. I choose Gaia. Her friends hissed in approval. Ameth glanced at Percy, and he saw that she was out of ideas. She'd done what she could. She got El Kelly to eliminate one of her own. Now there was nothing left but to fight. For two years, I churned in the void, Kelly said. Do you know how completely annoying it is to be vaporized in a chase? Slowly reforming, fully conscious in searing pain for months and years as your body regrows, then finally breaking the crust of this hellish place and clawing your way back to daylight. All because some little girl stabbed you in the back. Her baleful eyes held Annabeth's. I wonder what happens if a demigod is killed in Tartarus. I doubt it's ever happened before. Let's find out. Percy sprang, slashing Riptide in a huge arc. He cut one of the demons in half, but Kelly dodged and charged Annabeth. The other two Impusai lodged himself at Percy. One grabbed his sword arm. Her friend jumped on his back. Percy tried to ignore them and staggered toward Annabeth, determined to go defending her if he had to. But Annabeth was doing pretty well. She tumbled to one side, evading Kelly's claws, and came up with a rock in her hand, which she smacked into Kelly's nose. Kelly wailed. Annabeth scooped up gravel and flung it in the Impusa's eyes. Meanwhile, Percy thrashed from side to side, trying to throw off his Impusa hitchhiker, but her claws sank deeper into his shoulders. The second Impusa held his arm, preventing him from using Riptide. Out of the corner of his eye, he saw Kelly lunge, raking her talons across Annabeth's arm. Annabeth screamed and fell. Ambit, Percy tumbled in her direction. The vampire on his back sank in her teeth into his neck. Searing pain coursed through his body. His knees buckled. Stay on your feet, he told himself. You have to beat them. Then the other vampire bit his sword arm and Riptide cluttered to the ground. That was it. His luck had finally ran out. Kelly loomed over Annabeth, savoring her moment of triumph. The other two Impusai circled Percy, their mouths slavering ready for another taste. Then a shadow fell across Percy. A deep war cry bellowed from somewhere above, echoing across the plains of Tartarus, and a titan dropped on the battlefield. And that's the end of chapter 15. Wow. That is definitely one of the craziest chapters I think I've read it's so close it's like you're thinking that it's done for them and then it's not you know they're so close to reaching that point where you might think that this is it for them and then that happens so I can't wait for next week where we continue to uh read the re the rest of this book and the next episodes and see how exactly the rest of this battle is gonna fare out but I doubt I won't I don't have a doubt that it won't be that will it won't be interesting so i hope you guys stay tuned for that it's gonna be awesome so yeah moving on now we're gonna move on to the shout outs and q a session again if i um miss out a name do please let me know in the next episode or if uh you would like to ask a question 
the Q&A session will always be here. So yeah, uh, let's move on to the shoutouts. Uh, Gingy Greek Geek 34. Uh, I apologize for if I mispronounce this. Gigie? It's J-I-J-I-E. Uh, next one, GOM6. Uh, Ali D'Angelo, happy, happy early birthday. And Eva, happy early birthday. So now let's move on to the questions. Uh, number one is... That something potentially happens to Jason. What are your thoughts about that? I think that at some point, um, I have also heard uh, some rumors that something does happen to Jason. Um, I'm not, you know, you know, I don't know if those rumors are true. I don't know if they're false, but um, you know, we'll see what exactly happens. But I think that Jason has done the most that he can do and you know he's put all of his effort into the roman legion and trying his best and the fact that he sided with his friends even when he was part of the roman legion throughout this entire fiasco i think that he definitely is one of the you know he's a great demigod he's he's definitely a leader by example so if something were to happen to him i think that he has made has may ha, has been definitely a memorable person and i think that the relationships he's built along the way and the memories he's creating created for us to enjoy as well i think that that's what really makes him a great demigod and that his efforts are not gonna go to waste if something is to happen to him um next one uh the next question is, what are some of your favorite books outside of the series? Um, I'm a huge graphic novels person. I really do enjoy reading graphic novels. Um, I think one of my childhood favorites was El Defo. Um, it was something that I always enjoyed reading. I think the, the plot was just beautiful. And yeah, I think I really enjoyed uh, that was one of my f- favorite books. And it still is one of my favorite books to this day. Um, next is what gadgets or upgrades would you add to the Argo the second? I would probably, this is probably really dumb, but, um, I would probably add a lot more security. Um, you know, if I had, if, if maybe Leo had some kind of password that only he knew, or if there was some kind of another layer of security that could be added to the Argo the second, so it isn't easily accessed, maybe that could have hindered this whole fiasco from happening in the first place because i don't see any other issue with the argo second okay maybe tightening up the defenses and the um the the ship in general you know maybe instead of wood adding another layer to it like maybe metal or something i'm not sure but um those two would probably be the biggest ones i have for the argo second because leo is practically thought of everything i mean the dude has we has controllers as um part of controlling the ship i mean that's sick that's so awesome so yeah i think that those are probably the two things that i would wish that he would do for the sake of you know everyone's safety um the next one is what will you read after you finish the percy jackson series um good question i would probably say that uh after this after i finish you know reading all of the books maybe even maybe the spinoffs 
I may potentially think of going into other series, um, maybe potentially Harry Potter, um, or, uh, other, uh, I'm still looking into my options, but, uh, I definitely consider, you know, maybe Harry Potter to be one of them, but, yeah, uh, next question is, what is your favorite book out of all the books you read? Um, Lost Hero, probably, I think it's probably because, um, uh, it's the book where Leo is introduced, and Leo's my favorite character, so I definitely enjoyed that book where he was first introduced. Um, next question is, if Percy and Jason properly fought, who would win? Um, now that's, that's, that's a tough one. Um, I would probably, I'd lean towards, um, Percy, because in my opinion, the fact that he's able to regenerate himself, if, like, as long as there's a body of water nearby, like, there could probably be a splash of water, and he could stand it and maybe regenerate himself, or, like, at least get his strength back up to a better point. I think that that definitely could be one of the the factors that makes him a stronger person compared to Jason. But obviously, there has to be some water there, or else, you know, they're essentially on the same level of, pl- uh, of playing field. Or I'd probably say Jason would have the 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 better kind of actually I think it might be Jason the more I think about it because he's able to call lightning he's able to summon lightning but Percy needs to be a bo- near a body of water for him to do his power use his power I don't know it'd be hard but I think that they're definitely at first glance they're definitely on a, the same playing field I think that they're the skills they've adapted and I think that even if Percy can't summon lightning, his sword skills are insane. Like, you know, the fact that he was such a good match against Luke Castellan, like, the first time they met, that shows, like, real talent right there. So I think that even if Percy doesn't have the 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 ability to summon lightning like Jason does, his sword skills are able to be a par. That's why they're... It's just so hard to, like, determine who's the better one out of them. I think it depends in different situations, but, yeah... Uh, what is my least favorite book so far? Um, I don't think I really have one. I think they're all really interesting. But I'd probably say, um, I think probably the first few books of the Percy Jackson series, you know, Lightning Thief, Sea of Monsters, they're very, like, over. They're very hyped. I wouldn't say they're overhyped because they are really good books. But I think that as you start going into the later series, there's a lot of hidden gems that are also, you know, not as popularized, I would probably say. They're all great books. I would just probably say that, you know, um, I just wish all of them got equal recognition, um, you know, based on what I see in media. But, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's the end to the Q&A session. I hope you guys enjoyed answering, uh, listening to my answers. And if you have any more questions, do feel free to ask. Um, and I will try my best as long as it's not personal. Um, I'm a bit uncomfortable with those at the moment, so, yeah. But I do appreciate your, uh, uh, everyone for understanding that. So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this Q&A session, and, uh, next week we'll continue reading this and see who exactly saved Percy and Annabeth from being killed. Um, and another thing is, if you'd like to support me, you can go to my Patreon. Um, the link is in the bio to the 
the link is in the bio slash description of my podcast and you can find it there again it's just optional but i would really appreciate it if you could do so if you could do it um but yeah other than that thanks for listening and if you haven't checked out the previous episodes i highly recommend you do that as well so until next week stay safe and stay out of boredom